You want to care more about your customer's success than your own. What that means is make their success number one. Anything you can do to help your customers, whether it translates into increased sales for you or not, do it. Welcome to The Profitable Table, fed by Woolco Foods, the nation's first podcast devoted to the business and lifestyle of the hospitality industry. Now, here's your host, Woolco Foods CEO, Stephen Toberoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Profitable Table, fed by Woolco Foods. I am your host, Stephen Toberoff. And today I'm going to do something a little different based upon two forms of stimuli. One was an email that I got from someone who's interested in the hospitality space and listens to the podcast. And they had asked me what lessons I had learned over the past 12 months. And the other one was my oldest son, who interestingly enough had asked me the same question about two months ago. I'll share with you what I told my son at the end of the podcast, because that was more of a personal thing. But I wanted to do this podcast, basically just some very quick background about myself. I'm 50 years old. I've been CEO of Woolco since 1999. Woolco's been in business since 1987. And like any business who's been around for that period of time, we had faced challenges throughout that that chunk of time, 9-11, 2008, Hurricane Sandy, And as tragic and as challenging as those were, they were nothing compared to the challenges that the past 12 months presented. And it was a real game changer in many ways. And, you know, thank God it's led to a a number of incredibly positive outcomes that I would have never envisioned. But it was absolutely unlike anything that I'd experienced. And so it would be really bad to go through something so challenging and transformative and hopefully unique and not learn lasting lessons from that and not share those lessons with others in the business industry and and others who may benefit. I'm somebody who likes to learn. I've been doing this a while. And so since I'd gotten that question, I said, let me take some time out. It's probably good for myself too, to really force me to sit back, reflect, and identify what I've learned so that I can reinforce this over time as well. So I want to thank the person, they know who they are, who asked me this question because I told them I would do a podcast on this. Let's jump into it right now. So the first thing that I learned, and again, everything that I talk about except the ending, and even that would be included in this, is really geared towards giving actionable, I don't want to say advice, but actionable information from the perspective of business. This is not me trying to be a life coach or anything like that. That's not what this podcast is about. I have enough to focus on being the best version of myself. But I do want to share these lessons from the business standpoint. And so as you're listening to this, just remember that that's the context within which I'm speaking. On a personal level, everybody obviously can continue to make their own decisions and move in whatever manner they want to move. So the first thing I learned, interestingly enough, was how I was underperforming, how little of my potential I was living up to. Prior to the beginning of the pandemic, we're successful, and I think people who know me, or if you spoke to people who know me, they'd say Steve is a really solid guy, hardworking guy, focused guy, all of that. But in reality, what I learned is I was probably living up to 5% of my potential because the challenges that had to be dealt with in rapid fire 
were of such a magnitude and required such attention and focus and energy that I was forced to elevate my work ethic and my commitment and every aspect of what I had to bring to the table as, as an owner and as a CEO to a level that I'd never done before. What the lesson is there is I was leaving so much on the table. And whether that's a form of laziness, complacency, satisfaction, it was really humbling to learn that. Because now one year into this, my work ethic, my focus, my consistency are at a whole other level. And I don't like to think negatively and go in the past, but I, I have to ask myself, and I do a little bit, what more could I have accomplished had I brought this same level of intensity when I didn't have to? So the first lesson is you have to push yourself even when you don't have to. One of the things that I tell my team all the time is remember how bad that feeling was when this thing first started and we didn't know what the outcome was going to be and we had no visibility. I bet if I said to everybody in the room or anybody on the phone or people we were speaking with, you're going to have to work 20 hours a day, seven days a week for the next two months, and then this whole thing will be behind us and we'll be good. Everyone would have signed up for it. Well, we had to work like that or, you know, or close to that for longer, but the last thing you want to do is let up. Now that we're moving in a positive direction, thank God, and things are, are, are moving better and, and, and all of that stuff, you don't want to get into a position where the complacency comes back. And when I say you, I'm really speaking to myself as much as anyone else, but it just as a business person, so important to push yourself even when you don't have to. One of the real great opportunities that's come out of this among many is we've picked up so many new customers. And the reason for that is because in an environment where everyone's trying to survive and the circumstances are challenging, in a sense, it's easier to get people's attention, those that are, you know, fighting for their business and are looking to do the best they can. But now you have their attention. When everything is smooth and everyone's rolling along and everything is, is hunky-dory and cool, very difficult it's to capture people's attention because they're complacent. So you don't want to become complacent. And therefore, the only way to do that is to really force yourself to push yourself regardless of whether you, quote unquote, have to or not. The second thing that I really learned about myself, which I'm very happy about, is I'm somebody who really has the ability to be consistent. And the more I think about it, the more I'm starting to believe that consistency is as important, if not more important, than hard work. And the reason I say that is because if you get after it every day, over time, the cumulative effect of that is extraordinarily powerful. So I was always, again, somebody that loved my routine and, and would get after it. But my level of consistency this past year, because things are happening so rapid fire, and then there's challenges, and then there's massive growth opportunities, and then there's this and that. So I've taken no vacations, no days off, just been on the grind every day. And even on days when you don't bring your absolute best effort, 70%, 60%, 80% is better than 0%. So consistency is so important. And I think that that's something I would really emphasize to those of you that are just starting out as entrepreneurs. You know, we do have a lot of people who listen to the podcast that are just starting out or getting ready to start out. And from being in business for a while now, I would say that there's such value in consistency. Because if you're someone that's getting after it every day and you're competing against people who are taking two-week vacations or are taking long lunches or goofing off in the middle of the day and then getting back at it, over time, 
your consistency is going to give you a big advantage. And I think in the restaurant business, perhaps more than others, where it's almost like every day you've got to bring your A game because you never know what customers you're going to be serving on that day. You never know that the customers that you're serving on a given day are the ones that are going to be your best referral clients for the whole year. And so you really have to be super consistent in the restaurant business and do it to the best of your ability. But it's absolutely something that I've learned and come to respect. The value of consistency, man, you can't underestimate it. And if you're just starting out, you will be rewarded for it. You just have to get after it every day. And again, do it even if you're not forced to. And then the other thing that I learned, and this was, again, some of these things I did before, but bringing a new level of intensity to it. There's an old saying, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And one of the things that people really seem to shy away from, I've found, is accountability. When you can demonstrate to someone that they're not achieving their goals or they're not fulfilling their objectives or they're not doing everything in a given day or week that they said they needed to do to achieve their objectives, people get uncomfortable with that. And you don't want to be the person that is uncomfortable with accountability and measuring yourself. You want to be your toughest coach. So one of the habits that I've gotten into is really evaluating myself and my my work ethic and my output on a daily and weekly basis. On a daily basis, I just have this routine where I just evaluate myself at the end of the day and give myself a grade. Was it an A, B, or a C? And if it's an F, I haven't had any Fs. But if you're honest with yourself, it's okay. But you see, okay, I've strung together two B days and a C day. It motivates you to bring that A day the next day. And it has to be a self-evaluation. You have to be honest with yourself. But one of my favorite writers and and speakers who I've mentioned in other podcast episodes is a guy named David Goggins, former Navy SEAL, uh, ultramarathoner, just all-around badass, wrote a book called Can't Hurt Me, one of the best books I've ever read. I can't recommend it strongly enough. I recommend it so highly. And one of the things he talks about is, is accountability, and the way he talks about it is great. And if you're not familiar with him, I think you'll get a lot of value from his Instagram posts or his... YouTube videos, but from the perspective of being a leader, whether you're just leading yourself or other people, you need to incorporate measurement and accountability into what you're doing. Otherwise, you have no way of knowing if you're improving or not. So find your own way to evaluate yourself and measure what you're doing daily, weekly, and monthly. It can be as simple as having a to-do list every day. Some people like that. Some people don't. It can be evaluating yourself at the end of the day. It can be having very clear, discernible short-term goals and determine whether you've hit them or not. And if you don't hit your goal, don't beat yourself up and don't use it as an occasion to be defeated or be negative or, or turn things in a bad direction. Use it as an opportunity to start asking yourself powerful questions. What's working here? What's not working here? What do I need to do differently? One of the many things that I've learned about myself over the past 12 months is there are things I'm really good at There's things that I'm not so good at. And what I've done this year, the action I've taken, is those aspects of business that I don't feel I'm so strong at, I've recruited even more people either into our team or have utilized resources or done things to strengthen up those weaknesses. But I wouldn't be able to do it if I wasn't honestly evaluating myself and identifying those those areas of weakness. So very important you measure yourself, very important that you do that and hold yourself accountable. People don't like it, but You don't want to get the results of the majority of the people. And especially if you're starting out and you want to build your own business, 
You definitely don't want to do that. And if you have one, you want to be at the best level you can be at. I know for myself, just here, it, it does not happen without accountability and measuring it. Okay. The second thing that I am so grateful for and that I learned is so important is that the character of your team is vital. When you have people in your organization, and again, it's kind of like fair weather friends or whatever, you know, it's very easy for everybody to be putting in a good effort or, or getting along or doing everything they need to do when things are going well. It's when things are challenging that you find out the level of, of character and the level of commitment and the level of ability amongst the people on your team. And I am so blessed that we have so many phenomenal people here at Woolco because without their excellence and without their persistence and grit, we would not have gotten through this. So now to translate that to those of you that are just starting out and getting ready to start your own business, your own restaurant, whatever it is, the first thing is you want to embody those attributes, those character traits that you want other people to embody. You cannot lead people and behave one way and tell them to behave another. So you can't say that you want honesty amongst your staff and then be a dishonest person. Or you can't say, I want super friendly people and everybody to be empathetic and then go around and, and be a jerk. Leadership starts with leading yourself. Begin your journey in business by embodying the character traits that you want everyone in your team to have. Because people will absolutely get more from observing you than from what you tell them. If they see you act a certain way day in and day out, they're going to follow it. They're going to know you're sincere. If they see you acting opposite to that, they're going to know that you're a phony and they're not going to follow you and you're going to have problems. And you want to build that culture as early in in your organization as you can. And you know what? If it's something you haven't done the best job with and it's something that you really have identified you need to improve if you have an existing restaurant or, or any other business, it's never too late to start. One of the great things about life is we get to change, we get to grow, we get to evolve. So if you're honest with yourself, there's things you want to do, there's, there, there's aspects of your team, of your company's culture that you don't like and you want to improve, start embodying that which you want and you will find that you will get that from everyone else that's in your organization. The other thing you want to do is you want to constantly be communicating to your team the values of your organization. So here at Wilco, I would say the one value that is clearly communicated to everyone in this company is that we are customer-centric. So whatever we need to do to make the customers happy, we're going to do. If there's an issue or if we're doing something that's excessive or if there's any type of change we want to make, we're going to make it after the fact. But our knee-jerk reaction is always first. Whatever the customer needs, we're going to make that happen. And I embody that in everything that I do. I'm constantly sharing that with people. If I'm on a phone call with anyone and a customer calls, we immediately stop the conversation and take that. Everything we do here is reflective of that. And I'm constantly sharing that with people. And that which people see and hear every day becomes ingrained in them. And that's what you want. Because at the same time, if you're not doing it consistently, again, people are going to have a problem. Okay. The other thing which I force myself to do, I had done this before the pandemic started. I was always sharing I'm a positive person by nature and always sharing the vision of where we're going and the positive things that I, I envision and what we're doing and how we're going to get there. You know, it's not just about talking. It's about what specific actions are you going to take. But in the midst of a challenging circumstance, it is the responsibility of the leader to cast a positive vision and to share with people where it's going. So, for example, 
And by the way, there were many days when I was very frightened and down and, and anxious, just like anybody else. But if you're the leader of an organization, whether it's an organization of one or even yourself, that's not an excuse for not doing what you need to do. And so I would force myself to just disregard how I was feeling and act in a manner that I knew was consistent with the objectives I wanted to achieve. So one of the things I was constantly saying to my sales team in particular was, look, I don't care what the news is saying. I don't care about the negativity that's out there. I don't care what anyone else is doing. We are going to be a source of solutions and certainty and empathy in the marketplace. And if we do that now, and we put in the work now and show up like that now, we're going to reap the rewards. And there's never going to be a way to play catch up. We can't sort of just shy away from what we need to do and hide under our desks and then hope when everything settles that we can just come out and everything's going to be great. We have to be the ones that take a stand right now and be a source of solutions because there was tremendous amounts of fear and anxiety in the hospitality space in New York City. And it almost felt that the hospitality industry in New York, and, and we sell New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, but a lot of our customers are in New York City, made majority of them. And it felt like they were under siege. You know what I mean? It really felt like this industry was, instead of getting support or, or anything from anyone, it was just constantly under attack. And I said, we're going to be a voice of solution and certainty. And so the point being, you have to share the vision with your team, regardless of what's going on and regardless of how you feel. You have to create that inner energy and will in your organization to push forward, regardless of what's going on outside of you. And that starts with the leader. Okay, and that starts with you. So something very important to remember and something that I forced myself to do and I can look back on, and I'm very glad that I did that. And at the end of the day, you want to just let everybody know within the organization that you're taking responsibility, that you have a, a plan, that you know what's going on, and that you're communicating and over-communicate. When something happens or whatever, Always be out there communicating with people, casting that vision, and embodying the character you want. Because as I said, without this great team here, would have been a totally different outcome. But we have a really terrific culture here, thank God. And it's really a reflection of the people. And within that dynamic, it's the responsibility, you know, my responsibility, to behave in a manner that is reflective of what we want, to communicate that every day, and cast a vision for the future. And that's something to think about regardless where you are in the journey. The third, and probably the most, like, I don't know, I don't know how I'd characterize it. I was going to say intense, but gratifying. But you want to make your customers your friends, and you want to care more about your customers' success than your own. Okay, that's a lesson I learned in this. We have customers that we've had for 20, 30 years. We've had customers that we've had for two weeks. But what I learned in this, because I spent more time speaking to customers during the past 12 months than I had done probably at any other time, which is another good thing that I learned, reaching out and, and speaking to more people on a more consistent basis. And what I learned is how much of the dynamic and the friendship and the relationship we had was predicated on things that had nothing to do with business, were not transactional at all. It was based upon being there for one another, listening to one another, caring about one another. And I realized, wow, when I'm speaking to these people, I'm thinking more about them and what we can do to help them and focusing on them. And I think that's a really 
in addition to being an ethical and appropriate thing to do, I think it's a, a really good business lesson that I've learned that I think does differentiate us and is something that I, I really think is a, a key component of what you want to do in any business. So you want to care more about your customer's success than your own. What that means is make their success number one. Anything you can do to help your customers, whether it translates into increased sales for you or not, do it. Share pricing on items that you may or may not get from them. Help them source products that you know you're not going to sell. Answer questions that have nothing to do with what you do if you have an appropriate answer. Be a resource. Be committed to your customer success because I tell you what, there's an old cliche, I don't know who said it, that there are no spare customers. But, you know, during this period of time, this 12 months, the people that were riding with us the whole time, you appreciate each and every person. And, you know, love is an action. Love is not just a word. And I think the way that you can show that action, as I said, be more committed to their success than you are to your own success. That's a big thing. Check in with people just on a human level. I can honestly say that people that I've been doing business with or that we've been doing business with for years, I've now made friends. Some of them have been on this podcast. Some of them have not been on this podcast. And now I find myself checking in with them just to see what's going on on like a friend level or on a shared value level. Nothing to do with business. That's another thing that's come out of this. You really got an opportunity to see people's values about community. I think of Sarita at Smack opening up the community refrigerator. I think of Michael at The Grind and the phenomenal work that he did during Thanksgiving. And people sharing those values with you and us having an opportunity to share in that with them, phenomenal. So check in with your customers on matters that have nothing to do with business so that you have that relationship with them. Because at the end of the day, what counts in this life is people and relationships anyway, right? And you want to appreciate that in good times as well as bad. You want to enjoy the relationships with your customers when things are, are not in crisis mode. And, and that's another thing that I've learned. And then just circling back a little bit, you want to make yourself a resource in any way, shape, or form that you can for your customers. And again, this is something that when there's a crisis that occurs, everyone's reaching out, everyone's talking, everybody's getting together and trying to help problem solve together, right? And that's a beautiful thing. But be a resource during normal times. You know, we try to communicate as much as we can to our customers on anything that's going to affect their business, right? So whether it's what's going on in the produce market on a macro level, whether it's going on with commodity costs, we like to be an open book there. So we're a resource. So even if you don't buy those products from us, you know what's going on. So that was something that I learned and, and something that I think is so important. And, you know, these things like you're doing them in business, and they're existing and you're not aware of them. And then when you become aware of them, you can, one, take a moment to appreciate them. And then two, you can build on them and make it an even more integral and, and more effective and, and stronger part of your business, which is great. The other thing which I really got out of this, and this is sort of a personal benefit, but I absolutely think it's equally a business benefit, which is use your free time wisely. You know, I was like everybody else, working like crazy. And what little free time I had, I really valued when I wasn't pushing myself. And, and when things are at a point, you're not forcing yourself to give a max effort, you'll goof off and, and watch some mindless TV or waste time doing something. And what I did during this particular chunk of time is even in my free time, 
I'm reading articles on entrepreneurship as it pertains to the hospitality industry so I could see what's coming up from the new players. I'm reading articles on technology in this space. I'm using my free time to educate myself on this particular business that I'm in on a whole nother level than I did before. And again, it was driven by urgency, but now it's become a habit. There's so much opportunity out there to use the time wisely that'll enhance your business. And if you want to enhance other things, do it as well. But I just became acutely aware of, and I, and again, I think if you speak to people who know me, they would say I was a pretty dialed in guy before the pandemic, but being honest with myself and honest with you, I learned how much time I was just like wasting in a non-productive and and even in a non-enjoyable manner, just mindlessly. So use your time wisely. And the other thing is with respect to using your time wisely. And I discussed this in an earlier podcast interview with professional bodybuilder, Dane Chang, you really want to make your body and your mind your ally. This is from business. I did an interview a few episodes ago with Desi Saran, who's a brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and he spoke very eloquently and candidly about not compromising, taking care of your fitness, because when you do that, your productivity level is going to go through the floor. So it's really important from a business standpoint, if nothing else, and of course there's all kinds of other good reasons, to make it a habit to take care of your body and your mind. And everybody has their own way of doing that. You know, for me, it translates into drinking lots of water, working out five days a week, eating healthy the vast majority of the time. For the mind, I'm constantly looking at or reading positive, educational, inspirational information. I really have gotten much, much better at guarding the stimuli that I allow into my mind that I focus on. It's kind of like junk food. You can go around all day and eat junk food. Well, we live in a world right now where you can go along all day and ingest all kinds of negative, nonsensical, disruptive, confusing information and just be a mess. Or you can be very deliberate and tactical and focused on the stimuli that you allow into your mind. And I can tell you 100% that that was crucial because, again, everything was negativity and downbeat and whatever it was over the past 12 months. If you let yourself follow that every day and focus on things you can't control, you're going to be a nervous mess. I made the decision that I was going to focus on things that built up myself, my company, my family, whatever. I made that choice and it made a big difference. And I can tell you for sure that it's something that you can control now more than ever with social media, the internet. Choose your content, choose what you focus on and make it something that's nourishing and empowering. And do these things now because I can tell you that like when I was going through moments of concern, anxiety, whatever, I was relying on lessons I'd learned from books I'd read about people that I respected. I was relying on positive information I was getting from people like David Goggins and Cameron Haynes and all these other people that you can find on social media that are really getting after it and that are sharing information that's valuable. And I was able to rely on my energy. I had the physical energy, the stamina, the ability to do whatever I needed to do from a work output perspective to give it my best effort. And those are decisions that you absolutely want to make, and sh- especially if you're starting out, but anywhere you are on the journey, all right? And then I'm going to get to the final thing, which was the thing that I said to my son. And again, this is something that's very personal to me, but I'm just sharing it because I want to be real and honest with people. So this is something that is very important for me. If it resonates for you, great. If it doesn't, 
that's also great. I'm just sharing with you what it has been for me because if I'm going to do the podcast, I want to keep it 100% real. So when my son asked me the question, what was the most valuable thing that had come out of the past 12 months? It was just a reactive thing. And I said, you know, I've strengthened my relationship with God. And regardless of what religion you practice, if you practice religion, whatever your faith or lack of faith, whatever it is, I know for me that there were moments where I was anxious and didn't know what was going to happen. And the only thing that got me through was opening my heart and praying and just reaching out for that strength and doing that day in and day out. And it was incredible. And I was somebody, I mean, the, the most precious thing in my life is my relationship with God. But that was something that went to a whole nother level during this moment in time. And so I just want to share that because everybody's journey is personal and, and I'm certainly not here to talk to anybody on that level. That's an extraordinarily private and personal thing. But for me, it was the single best thing that came out of this, strengthening that relationship. And without that relationship and without relying on God, it would have been impossible to get through it. And I was really grateful that my son asked me that question and that I had an opportunity to reflect on it. So in any event, these are the lessons that I learned and uh, I did want to take a moment to share it with you. For those of you out there that went through this in the restaurant or hospitality space or anything else, I would love to hear your experience and what lasting lessons you've learned because this was something that was very intense and I like to learn from other people as well. So as always, please email me at stephen at wolcofoods.com or you can DM me on Instagram at wolcofoods. I really appreciate the fact that you guys are emailing and stimulating something like this. And I think this was something really good for me to, to prepare for and really think about so that I can internalize these lessons and double and triple down on them. And again, man, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Really enjoy this community we're building. I really appreciate uh, everyone who takes the time to comment and leave feedback and, and all of that. So thank you. And most importantly, everybody, have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you for listening to The Profitable Table, fed by Woolco Foods. Please be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about Woolco Foods or Stephen Toberoff, please visit us at woolcofoods.net.